Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. Welcome back to PR360. My guest today is Sean Smith, who has served in senior communications roles with Warner Brothers and the Walt Disney Company, developing multi-million dollar campaigns for global brands and franchises. She's also previously served as the global head of communications with Osmo, one of the world's leading ed tech companies. Earlier this year, she stepped out on her own, founding her own company, Sean Smith Communications. Sean was named one of PR Week's top 40 under 40 ones to watch in 2011, and is a former president of the Los Angeles chapter of Black Public Relations Society of America. Uh, Sean, is there anything I've missed? No, that was great. Thank you so much. Okay, good. Well, you know, I I, I did my research. We had our crack team uh, <laughs> here trying to get everything together. Um, so I, I, in in doing research about you, I found that you have gotten to work with some of the greatest, like most iconic um, intellectual properties in the world. And I, and I want to get to that. That's so interesting to me. But before that, a little something kind of serious. Um, as Disney's first senior manager of communications um, for diversity and inclusion, can you explain to me what's been happening in the world of DEI, especially in media, over the past couple of months? Yeah, I think that... Um it's very unfortunate what's been happening. Clearly, there's been a shift in how many of the companies are prioritizing DEI. And you can see that as the executives start to shift, like either transitioning into new roles or leaving these companies altogether. Um, when I was serving in that role at Disney, it was one of the best um, times that I had at the company because I got to work really closely closely with the DEI leads across the enterprise, so across all the different business units. And I have to say that those are some of the most dedicated people that I've ever worked with. And it really made me proud because they all want to do good. They want to make the company better and they want to make the world better. Right. And so when I see what's happening in the industry today, um, it's really disappointing and disheartening. Um, it feels like DEI is once again sliding back and being an afterthought, which it should never be. Um, and the way that our world is changing today I think that ultimately these companies that are deprioritizing DEI um, will be impacted negatively mm -hmm. just because they have to serve um, these audiences that are looking for more content, looking for more leadership within these companies with people that look like them, that reflect them. And so I think ultimately it will have um, a business impact in the long run. I think it's very short-sighted for these companies to sort of put DEI on the back burner. Yeah, especially in the comms world where you need to communicate to so many different types of people. 
do you know what caused kind of this pushback? I mean, it always feels like with things like this, it's like, you know, two, step, two, two steps forward, one step back. Uh, do you know what, what the cause was? Was it budgets? Was it the economy? Or I think those things play a factor, but still, even with those economic pressures, why is DEI oftentimes the first thing to go? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, a lot of times the um, chief diversity officers within these big brands, they don't have the resources that they need to really make an impact. Um, they don't have the the staff that they need to really make an impact budget to really make an impact. And so when a senior executive or a CEO is looking around the table and saying, where do I need to make cuts? Oftentimes they, they look in that direction. Mm-hmm. And so it's always a cycle like anything else. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that the cycle will come back around and that these companies will see how important it is and start to staff those positions again. And let's hope that when that comes around, it's not because there was some type of national tragedy that got everybody talking again, and it was because people genuinely noticed that the, how important these things are. Um, for, for, from a business perspective and culturally, you know. Um, what do you see are the biggest DEI challenges in the world of PR and communications? Yeah, when I served as president of PRSA LA, so I served as president of the organization in 2019 while also serving as continuing to serve as president for Black Public Relations Society's LA chapter. And there were some things that I wanted to change in the organization. I really uh, focused on bringing in more diverse communicators into the organization. Mm-hmm because I think that that's important. We also created what we call Sunrise Honors for the LA chapter, which gives us an opportunity to highlight communicators, diverse communicators that are making an impact in our industry. And, you know, I think that the will has to be there Mm -hmm. because it was important to me. I implemented certain things and I think the will has to be there across our industry to bring in more diverse talent. And going back to Sunrise Honors, um, when we every year that we've been doing this at the PRSA LA chapter, each time we honor these communicators, they always say, I always hear, I didn't think this organization was for me or I hadn't really connected with this organization in a while. So I'm so happy to be brought back into the fold. And again, that's that's. Disappointing to hear, but encouraging mm-hmm. because I know that we at least have implemented these things and other chapters around the country have as well, highlighting diverse talent. But I think it has to start at the national level. And I think that the will has to be there, not just within professional organizations, but also within companies and brands. The will has to be there. And where do you think that starts down the funnel? Is it getting more people in when it, in terms of education into these types of fields or at the hiring process or at promoting people within the organizations? I think all of those things are important. I think, you know, reaching back to college students, um, definitely 
diverse um, students at PWI campuses and at HBCUs is important. I think talent development and pipeline development is important. One of the things that I noticed when the tragedy happened um, in 2020 is that after that moment happened, all of a sudden, all these diverse executives were promoted. So they were probably sitting at the manager level or maybe director level. And then all these promotions happened. To me, I was happy that that was happening for people. But also that said to me that those people were ready already. Yeah. Just because this moment happened in our world, then those companies, those organizations had the will and made the decision to promote all of this diverse talent. But they wouldn't have if those people weren't ready already. Right. And so why isn't that happening when myself and other people that look like me are working diligently in these companies to get that promotion, to get that next opportunity? It it doesn't happen quick enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, To to pivot to something a little more uplifting, I guess... uh, (laughs) I guess the exp- you know it's it's tough. <laughs> um, I guess so. Throughout your career, you've been in charge of uh, PR for some of the most iconic uh, intellectual properties in American pop culture. Uh, Mickey and Minnie Mouse. I mean, does it get any bigger than that? Uh, the DC comic book franchises, uh, Looney Tunes. What was it like, kind of being a steward for these iconic characters or brands? Well, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of responsibility because people know and love these characters. And so many of them, you know, like Mickey and Minnie are 90 plus years, you know, and same with many of the DC um, characters. They've been around for so long. So people have a high level of affinity for them. And so there's definitely a responsibility there to, you know, when I was leading, you know, communications around those those franchises to take special care and to do things correctly, but always a lot of fun. Like we got to have some fun, you know, campaigns. And I was at Warner Brothers when we celebrated um, Batman's 80th and Wonder Woman's wow. 80th anniversary. And so working with my colleagues to just infuse fun into those campaigns and how do we connect with our audience and keep it interesting and fresh because those characters have been around so long. It's a lot of fun, but definitely a lot of a big responsibility. Uh, were there ever any times when you had blowback from the fans because maybe there was a misstep in communications or they weren't completely on board with something that you guys were promoting? Yeah, that happens sometimes as well. <laughs> uh, and again, like people have connected with these characters for so long. And sometimes, you know, as communicators, we want to keep things interesting and try new things mm-hmm. and be innovative when we can be. And sometimes, you know, the audience isn't quite there with us yet. Okay. And so those things happen and we have to kind of work through them. Right, right. It's, uh, you know, Minnie Mouse now suddenly wants to work in STEM or something. Now, is that going (laughs) to, 
Is that going to make everybody mad, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, also, when it would come to working with the owners of the IP, can you give me a little bit of detail about, I don't know, let, like I, I'm sure there's probably like a Bible on Mickey Mouse, and like, Mickey Mouse can only move this way. He can only wear these exact colors. He can only, this is his attitude. And could you can you break down how they, these things are described or how they make the secret sauce? Yeah, I should also give a shout out to all of my marketing colleagues because in partnership with them, they are really the ones that drill down into the characters, the franchise's DNA, exactly what you're talking about, what um, words should be associated with that character, what colors should be associated with that character. All of those things make that secret sauce. And I think especially when I was at Disney, we had so much, it was a blessing and a curse because we had so many great characters and stories to work with, but also, you know, we had to find its moment for Mickey and Minnie. And also during that time at Disney, we acquired Marvel during that time. We acquired Lucasfilms during the time that I was there. So now you have all of these amazing characters and you really have to understand and the DNA of those characters mm-hmm. because you have to be strategic in how you speak to those fans. Yeah. How you talk to a Marvel fan is not is completely different than how you talk to a fan of Mickey and Minnie or Disney Princess. And so you really have to understand the DNA of that franchise and that character and really put the, the fan at the center of the campaigns and the stories that you're telling, because they will definitely call you out if you oh. get things wrong, right? And so, um, yeah, the, there's definitely a brand Bible for each of these franchises and, and stories. I'd imagine that they're probably under some sort of lock and key, and you probably have to uh, sign a lot of paperwork to look into it. <laughs> Some of them are, but some of many of them, if I shared it with you, like for Wonder Woman, we talk about her, her strength and her compassion, um, for, um, for Minnie Mouse, for example, we started to differentiate while I was there, um, many for young girls and many for older girls. And so, you know, we tend to go in the pink direction for younger girls and red and sassy for older girls. So some of the things, if we were to share with you, you would see them as a fan. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I noticed that. That makes sense. Some of the things are under lock and key, but we infuse all of these things in our storytelling, in our PR plans. You know, and I think around that time you were at Disney, tell me if I'm wrong, that I think Minnie Mouse really had a moment where she became very popular. I know that my niece, who was, you know, uh, I, I don't, she's, well, oh, I don't, I don't want to get her age wrong, but uh, <laughs> huge into Minnie Mouse and uh, a, a couple of years back. And I was like, wow, I felt like the character really had some kind of um, resurgence in pop culture, whether it was pushed by Disney or the fans picked it up. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but... There was definitely a strategic decision um, by our senior leaders to start to um, create many 
transform her really into a style icon, a fashion icon. And so we started to develop partnerships with designers around the world. We would have many pop up on runway shows. Mm. And then we had, you know, developed product that looked older, that appealed to young women versus uh, young women like, you know, 20s and above, let's say, versus younger girls. And so that was a strategic decision to grow the business and sort of shift how many have been perceived. And it was tons of fun. I also, during that time, pitched for many to get her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Mm -hmm. As I was one year, as I was working on my PR plan, I realized that Mickey had a star and many did not. And they were introduced the same year in the same animation. And I was like, how could this be that Minnie doesn't have a star? And so I pitched the idea internally. Everyone was on board and I applied for the star with the Hollywood Chamber. She didn't get it the year that I was there because I think that they were waiting for the 90th anniversary. So I left the company before the 90th anniversary and then she got the star. There was a huge celebration with Katy Perry, oh. but it was my idea. <laughs> oh. oh man, I hope you I hope you have your a photo of that, like of you and you know people lay down by the star. Like this was me. I don't. I should do that. <laughs> I would. I would. I would feel like if you were to if you were to quiz me and I had to you know hundred dollar bet is. Minnie on the uh, before this happened, if she was on the Walk of Fame, I'd say sure. I've seen it a million times, but you know, it's um, exactly. I, I had to make a change, <laughs> right? Uh, one one question for my nerd self: uh, when you were there when they acquired Lucasfilm, was w- w- what was that like? Were there any cool stories of integrating the Star Wars universe into Disney? Uh, well. I would say that, so the building that I worked in, the campus that I worked on, we would change the um, artwork in the lobby every so Mm -hmm. often. And so, you know, usually it was like fun. It was like Mickey and Minnie or the Disney fairies or something like that. And one day I came to the office and walked in the lobby and Darth Vader was staring at me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that was a big change. <laughs> um, but it was really it was really awesome. That team is awesome. Of course, we, we had the opportunity to go visit their headquarters in Northern California. Oh, wow. And it was just a lot of fun, you know, working with them and integrating their brand and looking at, again, kind of going back to the differences between each of the franchises and the stories that we tell and really starting to learn and understand the DNA of the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, so to pivot a little bit, um, one person that had a big effect on your life was Pat Tobin, the president and CEO of Tobin and Associates, who also co-founded the National Black Public Relations Society. Can you talk about the effect that she had on your life and, and career? Yes. So Pat Tobin was amazing. Um, The late, great Pat Tobin. She actually gave me my first PR job. Mm. I was working at a journalist as a journalist and I met her at an event that I was covering. And it just randomly we happened to sit next to each other. And I remember seeing the press releases come from her agency to my newspaper 
And when I figured out who she was, I was so excited. And I told her that I was thinking of transitioning into PR. And she said, when you're ready, call me and I'll give you your first job. And that's exactly what happened. And she gave so many of us opportunities that we would never have had in this industry and really trusted us. I mean, you know, I got to work with some of her biggest clients at a very early stage in my career. And she just would bring me into meetings with top executives. And I would, as a 20 something person, young professional, (laughs) feeling like I did not belong in these conversations. But, you know, that's how she treated all of us. You know, she gave us those opportunities, put us in front of people and we had to like sink or swim. And if you swam, you know, she was there to support you throughout your entire career. And, um, you know, she passed away some years ago, but I think so many of us are grateful for, you know, what she's done for us and what she contributed to our industry. Wow. Uh, who were some of the big clients that you were in a meeting with at a very young age? <laughs> well, the biggest client was Toyota. Um, Toyota was her big client. Um, she also worked with and, um, supported BET. And so I remember being in meetings with those executives, not knowing what I was doing there, but (laughs) (laughs) I was there sitting alongside her and, you know, always, she always encouraged us to contribute and talk in the meetings. And that's could be very intimidating when you're a young professional. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have heard so many stories from friends and colleagues where she did the same thing, like, you know, brought us in, brought all of us into conversations and gave us visibility that we were like, wow, like she had no ego about it or wasn't protective of those things. She's like, I'm here and you're sitting here with me. You're going to learn, you're going to contribute. And that was the foundation of my PR career. Wow, that's 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 amazing. I, uh, I I bet that you had to deal with a massive amount of imposter syndrome for quite some time with that. Definitely, definitely. Uh, let's it, see here. Oh, continue. I was going to say imposter syndrome is is a real thing, <laughs> <laughs> and I have had to like kind of push it down for my entire career. So. It's always a little bit there under the surface. Right, right. Uh, so real quick, we don't have that much time left, but I, I, I'd be remiss not to bring up that you partnered with uh, Dr. Jill Biden on a campaign to use DC heroes to encourage kids to get vaccinated. What was that like? Yeah, that was definitely a team effort with all of my colleagues at Warner Brothers and on the DC um, communications side. It was great. It was like, you know, at a time where we were slowly coming out of the pandemic. And so her team contacted our team and it was fun to have the characters there and kids were getting vaccinated. And so I love things like that because you feel like you're contributing to doing good in the world. So I've had some of those moments throughout my career and that was definitely a highlight. Wow. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And, you know, a real specific time in your life, you know, maybe you look back, you know, 30 years from now and you're like, you know, 
when the world needed help in this kind of way, we we're, were able to step up and do our part, you know, even. Yes, exactly. Our small part. But yeah. yes, it was amazing. So I guess uh, five months ago, you founded Sean Smith Communications. Uh, what was the impetus for stepping out and starting your own company? Well, I've been thinking about it for quite some time and it just felt like the right moment. Um, you know, I was impacted by a, a layoff at the last company that I worked for, like so many other people, um, today. And so I just decided to kind of tap into my network and it's organically happening, you know, has happened and is happening that I've gotten some amazing clients and it just felt like the right time. I'm taking sort of all of my experience and knowledge um, that I've gained throughout my career, working for major brands and leading major kind of global campaigns to work with clients and it's been great. And so that's the path that I'm on. I'm excited about it. I'm excited for the future. Um, and I, you know, like I said, I've been thinking about this for quite some time. Um, family and colleagues have been encouraging me to do this for quite some time. I was always pretty hesitant about it, actually. And now that it's happening, I'm saying to myself, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> uh, that's that's when you know it's working, right? Uh, yes. What's going to be your focus? Like what types of clients are you really zeroing in on? Yeah, I love working with major brands. Um, CPG has been a part of what I'm doing for quite some time. Even when I was at Warner Brothers and Disney, I sat within the consumer products division. Um, so that's uh, a piece of it. And then, of course, kind of going back to my roots with multicultural communications as well. Um, so, you know, I have a broad base to work from. Um, but those are the things that I'm most excited and passionate about. Mm -hmm. and so that's where I'm leaning into. Well, well, amazing. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, where can people follow you? Uh, where can people learn more about what you're working on? And uh, what's the call to action here? <laughs> Connect with me on LinkedIn, especially if you're interested in, ha in partnering with me and, you know, utilizing my skill set. Um, I'm also on Twitter, Shawnee Sean PR, although Twitter is changing now. So, mm. but definitely connect with me on LinkedIn and, you know, I look forward to connecting with more of my colleagues and, you know, gaining more clients and, you know, seeing what the next chapter of my, my, uh, career holds. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and best of luck with your new company and, uh, we'll, we'll be rooting for you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. PR360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.